speed once again, and he's, oh my goodness, that is huge. It's a white flag for the Cuban. Hi, and welcome back to TrackCast by Triple Jumpers with your host, me, Marcus Lombard. TrackCast by Triple Jumpers features the best athletes, coaches, and interesting persons from all over the globe within the track and field. Last week, I talked to a real world-class coach, the head coach of Georgia Bulldogs, Petros Cupriano. It was a really good episode, so make sure to check that one out if you haven't. Now, this week's episode features the British high jumper Morgan Lake. She was a really good youth and junior athlete, so we talk a lot about her experiences from her earlier days, the transition from the multi-events to the high jump, how she managed uh, setbacks, and much, much more. It was a really good conversation, so let's just jump into episode number 20 of Trackcast by Triple Jumpers featuring Morgan Lake. Welcome to the show, Morgan Lake. Thank you. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm all right today, actually. Um, sun's shining in England, which is nice. <laughs> uh, obviously still in lockdown a little bit. Um, but yeah, train's going well. Um, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, so how does a normal day look like for you right now during this, this mm-hmm. lockdown? Are you able to train or what does it look like? Yeah, I mean, obviously training's been been quite different over the last few months um but luckily so I'm in Loughborough at the moment I train at Loughborough University which is where like most of British athletics is based um so at the moment we have track access which is good so we have like an hour and a half time slots which we can go in have training sessions on the track um and then we also have gym access as well so we have uh hour and a half slots there as well which is it seems like a long time, but actually an hour and a half to get a whole training session done is really short. So a lot of the time, a lot of our warm-up and cool-down work won't be on the track. It'll be on like the grass fields or something. So yeah, that's how most of my days um, split up. So I'll do a track session in the morning, come home, have quick lunch, and then a gym session in the afternoon. So that's like three times a week. And then the other days are more like speed based um I do one speed session on the track and one speed session on the grass and then like pilates and yoga and little things like that just keeping the body moving but yeah it's been it's been tricky um to, to get training done recently but it's also been it's been fun to like vary things and try new ways of training so yeah it's it's been all right yeah so you've been able to train like some people need to train at home so, mm-hmm. so you've been able to use the facilities. That's that's great. Yeah, no, it's been it's been really good. I mean, the first part of lockdown, um, we weren't really allowed. We're out. We're allowed out for one hour of training or one hour of exercise a day in the UK. Um, so uh, me and my housemate we just did like circuits outside. Um, and also like I'm with Techno Gym, so they they got me quite a lot of equipment to use. We made a little home gym, um, and Red Bull also sent over some stuff as well. So. Yeah, I've been really fortunate in the fact that I've been able to get some equipment and get some training done with a training partner. Um, although it was at home and on the fields close to our house and stuff. But yeah, no, def- definitely grateful for that. Yeah. Do you have any competitions planned for this summer or do you feel like you want to train just? 
Yeah, I mean, competition is a difficult one. There are competitions available, um, but it all depends on travel restrictions. That's probably the main thing, really. I'd like to do some competitions in the UK. I think they're trying to put someone in Loughborough, which would be would be really good because it's where I train. Means you have to like you restrict that travel element, and it can be more of like a training competition. So my coach can be there, um, the training plants compete as well. So yeah, and obviously with the Olympic qualifying um, not counting until December, um, it's quite a nice time now to just test things out in training, test things out in competition. Um, so yeah, I, I do want to do some competitions. It just at the moment, it's just trying to work out where those are going to be. So you were born in Milton Keynes, England. That's where you started your athletic career as well? Um, no, well, so yeah, I was born in Milton Keynes. That's where my mum my mom lived and grew up. Um, but we actually moved. I th I'm not sure if I ever actually lived there. I can't remember it at all. Um, we moved towards uh, Windsor. Uh, that kind of area in in England so that's where I started my athletics career I joined a local club called Slough Juniors um when I was five so yeah that was probably my first experience of athletics and in, in yeah in my local area yeah so you started at the five years of age that was, that yeah. was pretty young <laughs> yeah it was time. really young I mean I don't really remember starting I just I mean it wasn't proper athletics it was more just how far can you throw this ball and how quickly can you run around the track I mean it wasn't really athletics it was more just a fun thing I did on a Saturday afternoon I did other sports like tennis and swimming and like those sports me and my brother did just tried everything out but athletics is the one I, I stuck with and always wanted to go back to yeah and you you had success pretty early And for example, you broke the the United Kingdom under 13 pentathlon record, and then the under 15 as well. Did you felt like you had a natural talent for the sport, or did, was you said you did a lot of other sports as well? Was it like your training background that helped you to to your early success? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've always been a sport. I always like call myself sporty. I always love sport. Um, the athletics. Athletics and netball were probably my two main sports that I loved. Um, but yeah, I've always I've always wanted to be an athlete. I think for that under 13 um, pentathlon record, I didn't even know what a pentathlon was. I just, for some reason, heard about it. And then I was like, oh, I want to do a pentathlon. And my dad was like, well, there's a British record you could try and break. And I was like, right, I'm going to find a competition and do it. So um, I think this competition was maybe like three hours away from my house. Um, we traveled down on the morning and yeah did the competition broke the record and I think from that moment I was like this is really fun like I want to I want to continue with this um, I was I always thought I was going to be a long jumper because um, I, I hated long distance so the thought of doing an 800 meters wasn't <laughs> wasn't appealing to me um, but yeah I soon realized there was more events that I actually enjoyed and the pentathlon heptathlon route kind of chose me Yeah, because you, you continue with the heptathlon. In 2013, you went to the World Youth Championships in Donetsk, Ukraine, as the world leader for the under-18, but you were only were 16 years old then? Yeah, yeah, I would have been 16. Yeah. And you had a good lead after the first day, where you also <laughs> broke the under-17 British record in the high jump, with a jump of 190. But the second day didn't really turned out as you wish for so tell us about that competition like the high jump record and what eventually 
led to your uh, withdrawal from the last mm-hmm. last event? Yeah, the World Youth, I think that was like a bittersweet moment, that competition. Um, obviously, I went in there thinking, right, this, is, this could be a great opportunity. I know that um, some of the greatest athletes have been World Youth Champions, then have gone to be World Junior Champions and World Champions. So I saw, saw that as a path and I thought, wow, if I could, if I could even medal at World Youth, that would be absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, no, I felt really good going into the championships. And yeah, as you say, I was only I was only 16. Um, so first event hurdles, uh, I think I got a personal best. So I was really happy after that. And then the next event was the high jump, which was my favorite event. Um, and yeah, I jumped, jumped British record, jumped 190 for the first time. And I think I just got too excited over that. That like there was absolutely no way you could have told me that I would jump 190 at that competition. I think my dad was like, "Oh, the bar will go to 190," and I just started laughing. I was like, "There's just no way I could ever jump that." So I think after I jumped that, I was like, "Wow, this is just too good to be true." And then the shot put, I think again, I threw a personal best, and the 200 was pretty close to that as well. So after day one, I don't think I got any sleep. I was just on Twitter, on Instagram, just like talking to everyone. I was just so excited over the fact that day one had gone so well. And all I was thinking about was, I'm going to win this. Um, and then, yeah, it all came, all came crashing down in the long jump where I got two no jumps and then one just aborted jump. So I, I made a mark in the sand, but it, was, it was, wasn't anything that I was going to get m- many points for. Um, I think I was just distraught to be honest. I knew after that moment that the heptathlon had ended and that was going to be like I was never going to be world youth champion or, or world youth medalist. Um, so I think that really hit home at that point and I was just like, what's the point? I mean, looking back at that now, I think, well, me being the athlete I am now, I'd be like, right, obviously this is a horrible moment, but I'm just going to go through the next two events. Um, but I just couldn't even bring myself to the javelin was nowhere near where I wanted it to be. And I didn't even make the start for the 800. I think, I think something was hurting. I can't quite remember what the injury was. And obviously if everything had been going well, we'd have just pushed through and done that 800 meters. But I was at the point where I was just so low and I was just so upset. And this, I had this niggling injury and I was like, this is, this is it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to stop there. Um, obviously I wish I'd, I wish I'd finished the competition, but looking back at it now it just gave me so much more motivation for the next year because I knew next year would be the world junior championships and I never wanted to feel that feeling again so although it was a horrible time at, at like at that time um it did really motivate me for the next year yeah and you you jumped the uh, the British record in the high jump mm-hmm. was that did that made you think about switching to high jump or were you still stuck with the multi-events? Yeah, it's a hard one. I, I mean, I was still always wanted to be a multi-eventer. I never saw myself as a high jumper. But I think in that moment, I was like, oh, if I had just done the high jump, I could have, <laughs> I could have meddled. Um, but no, I never, I never thought, right, I want to quit heptathlon. Then I just wanted to think, okay, I'm, I'm good at high jump. I can stick with that um, as a main event. And then the next year I did the high jump and the heptathlon. So I kind of saw it as an opportunity to be able to do like double up at a championship. So it was more just, yeah, an encouragement really. Yeah. So you continue to focus on, on the heptathlon. 
I I understand you trained with your with your father back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my dad was my coach until um, after Rio, so until 2016. Um, so yeah, he was always he was a triple jumper actually when he was younger. Um, so I always wanted to be like a long jumper or a triple jumper, and then he kind of introduced me to heptathlon, and he didn't really know anything about multi events either. So we kind of learned the event together. Um, obviously, went on loads of coaching courses and got loads of knowledge from other multi events coaches, but. Yeah, it was just really nice to be able to have a coach who you're obviously so close to and you can just bounce ideas off. Um, and yeah, no, it was, it was a great, it was a great relationship. Yeah, so how much has he meant for you in your athletic career? Yeah, he's been, he's been a huge part of my athletic career. He introduced me to the sport um, and then obviously coached me up until, up until the Olympics. So yeah, he's always been obviously really interested in the sport as well so it's just really nice having that support in your family um just to know just to know that you have you have a talent and someone that can support you as well so yeah he's been been a huge been a huge help in my in my career okay then as you said you got motivation to to 2014 and the world junior championships and you went there still being a youth athlete, 17 years of age. And well, there you you did a tremendous job. Uh, won the heptathlon and then won the high jump against mm-hmm. girls that were two years older than you. In the high jump, you won with 193, which would have been a tied PB if it wasn't for, for your heptathlon a few days earlier, where you jumped uh, 194 for a British under 20 record. Uh, Tell us about how it was to combine these two events and about your experience back uh, at, in the U.S. in Oregon. Oh, I have such amazing memories of Oregon. Like It was a tough decision to go because at that time we had the Commonwealth Games at the same time as uh, the World Juniors. And the Commonwealth Games was in the U.K., it was in Scotland. Um, so it was a really big opportunity for all, for all British athletes to be part of this Games. Um, so a lot of people telling me to go to the Commonwealth Games, but a lot of my friends and other people in the sport telling me to go to the World Juniors. So that was a big ordeal in itself. It was just making that decision to actually go to, to the World Juniors. But I knew that in my heart, that's where I wanted to be. And like being so young, only being 17, I thought, right, I've got so many more opportunities to do a Commonwealth Games. I don't need to do it just now. Um, like I obviously touch wood that my career goes as planned and I'll be at the next um, Commonwealth Games in in the Gold Coast. So I was like, I really want to just make the most of this opportunity being a junior. So yeah, I chose the World Juniors, um, mostly for the fact that it was in Oregon. I really wanted to go to America. <laughs> I think I was like, rainy, cold Scotland or hot America. Um, so I chose that one, um, being with my friends as well. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, the, the experience was amazing. We had a holding camp beforehand in uh, a different city, but still in Oregon. Um, so that was really good. Got some really good training, training done there, and just like adjusting to, adjusting to the heat, adjusting to the time zone, and then the actual competition again was amazing. But I was thinking a lot about what happened the year before. So I think after each event, I was like, okay, this is good, but don't think too far forward. Like, don't get too excited. So yeah, I think my hurdles was okay. It wasn't, it wasn't great. Um, the high jump, obviously, I, I was so happy with getting a huge PB of 194 um but I think 
I think it was like my third attempt. I took a third attempt, either like 175 or 178, so quite a low height. And I was just, I've never been so nervous. I thought, oh my God, this could happen all over again. This could this could be over again. Um, so yeah, third attempts aren't fun. But after that, after that 170 attempt, um, it all got, seemed to get a lot better. And yeah, I just pushed through each event and didn't, didn't try and dwell too much on the high jump and just thought, right, okay, get this done now um, and think about this later. So yeah, I definitely learned a lot from the World Youths and that I brought over to the World Juniors. So yeah, and then it was just such an amazing, amazing moment to win. Um, I think being World Junior Champion is like just such like a huge stepping stone in anyone's career um, and it meant so much to me. So yeah, that was, that was amazing. Yeah, and how, how was it to compete in the high jump just a few days later? I mean, after a, a heptathlon, you, I don't know, I, I haven't done a heptathlon, but I, so tiring. I imagine you, you're, you're exhausted. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. After I finished the heptathlon, that was I was like, there is absolutely no way you can get me to do high jump. I think it was I had a day break, and then it was the the high jump qualifying. But our team leader was just like, you know what, you've won the you've won the heptathlon already. Why don't you just just do the high jump qualifying? If you qualify, you qualify. If you don't, then you've still done so well. And I was like, you know what. I feel okay. I mean, I can barely feel my legs, but I'll try and I'll try and qualify. Um, and then, luckily, I did. I did make it through to the final. Um, but yeah, there was absolutely no way I thought I could win it. I didn't. I didn't even go in with the intent, intention of meddling. I literally just went in being so happy um, off the back of being the heptathlon world junior champion that I thought whatever happens happens. I just want to enjoy myself. So yeah, it was a really big surprise like becoming world junior champion for the high jump because for it I didn't really have many intentions of actually doing it it was more just like a full back event like if the haps happened hadn't gone to plan then I had I always had the high jumps to back up so yeah that was that was a big shock and how was uh, how was the response when you when you came home uh, you got a mm. good welcome from your friends and family yeah no it was a really really good welcome because my so my mum and my brother didn't come out they were watching it all on on like the live stream, I think on like the IWF live stream. And some of my other coaches as well didn't come out. It was just me and my dad. Um, so yeah, it was really nice to come home and see them and just like thank them for their hard work. Cause obviously it's like such a huge team effort as well. And there's so many people behind the scenes that got me there. So yeah, it was really nice to share, share that moment with them afterwards. Yeah. And after your success at the 2014 world juniors, you went on competing in your first major championships at the senior level uh, in the high jump at the 2014 European Championships. Describe the feeling of competing at the senior championship for the first time while while still being just 17 years old. Yeah, that was it. That, that again was just a huge shock to even um, qualify for the European Championships. I don't think I, that at the beginning of the year, I wouldn't have thought even too much about the Europeans. I obviously would have known it was on and I, I would have known everyone wanted to watch it, um, but I never had the intention of being there and competing there. So I think I used that championships just to see the difference between juniors and seniors. Um, I think the main difference was how much freedom we got. Like in junior championships, uh, you kind of have a curfew and you have to always report back to your team manager. And it was so weird being on a team where you could just do whatever you like. And 
there was people who had children. Um, I remember just having dinner and Greg Rutherford was on the table and I was like, Olympic champion and I'm on the same team as him like it was all just so weird I think I spent the whole championship just looking around in awe of everyone and just thinking what am I doing here um yeah no I think it was good to have that experience at that age and just just to use it as championships to just understand what it's like what the difference between junior and seniors is like um and then actually in the I didn't actually make the final um of the high jump I think I just got too caught up in the moment, too caught up in the event um, to actually perform where I was. And also my season hadn't, I hadn't planned my season to go on for that long. I mean, the World Juniors was going to be the end of my season. That's how my training had planned out. So in hindsight, I probably shouldn't have gone to championships. But I think when you're given that opportunity, especially at such a young age, it's, you just have to take it. Yeah. Did you felt like your experience at the World Youth and World Junior Championships helped you in in Zurich? Yeah, I think they did. I think um, each championships you you learn something new um, that you can bring to the next one. So obviously in Zurich, I I learned that like if it's not basically if it's not like in your plan to do a competition, even if the opportunity is great, I think you have to really take a step back and think this is going to help my career in the long term um so yeah I think I learned probably learned that from Zurich but yeah it was a tough one I mean I'm, I'm glad I went I'm glad I got to see what it was like um and bring that to the next year as well well obviously it was a world championship so completely different different time again yeah because it was a, a world championships in 2015 in Beijing you didn't make the final but you did okay considering you were one of the youngest people in the field. So how was it to compete there, traveling to China and compete at the World Championships for the first time? Yeah, yeah, again, that was it. That was a huge experience. Um, so I'd done the European... I think in 2015, I'd actually hoped to have been there for the heptathlon um, at the World Championships. Um, but I had quite a lot of injuries that year. And it meant that I had, just hadn't done the training to be able to, to qualify for it. So I'd done the European juniors um, for the high jump, which was in Sweden. And then, yeah, the World, the world Championships afterwards in Beijing. Um, and that was just an amazing experience. Um, we had our holding camp in Japan, which was insane. Like, that country is just amazing. Um, and again, just being... Just being around such inspiring people that I looked up to, like all my role models, I was on the team with, um, which was just which was just incredible. And then again, just it's so different to a European Championships because obviously a World Championships, so many other so many other countries involved. Um, go fly to the other side of the world to compete. Um, so yeah, it was just a great experience again to help me next year going towards Rio and just knowing what to expect. Um, yeah, no, I didn't make, I didn't make the final. I think I jumped, I think I jumped one eighty nine. Um, I can't quite remember uh, something like that. So it wasn't, it wasn't awful, but it wasn't definitely wasn't where where I was at. Um, yeah, again, it just spurred me on to do better next year. Yeah, and as you said, uh, for you, you competed at the European Under Twenty as well in twenty fifteen, where you won, um, and you came into the competition as the favorite together with uh, Yulia Levchenko. So 
did you felt any pressure to win as you were the favorite and you had won the world juniors the year before so how was the pressure to win so yeah the pressure was the pressure was quite high um i felt well i felt the pressure more in qualifying than in the final in qualifying um i got my opening height on my third attempt which was just i mean it was so hard my dad um my dad didn't actually come out to watch the qualifying he was watching it on a live stream of work and he said he's never been so angry um for not being at a competition because he was just like how is she knocking over her first attempt uh her first her opening height at her first and second attempt so I think from that day he was like right I'm gonna have to be at every competition um but yeah no I think that all my nerves were taken out on on qualifying and then when I got to the final I just thought again just enjoy myself and I think because I knew I was favorite to win um it almost made me perform better like it made me jump higher whereas when I got to the world championships I felt absolutely no pressure um so I almost didn't take on that that role of like trying to jump really high because I just thought oh, okay I'm not I'm not a favorite no one's really like doesn't really care what I do so I'm just gonna jump whatever and I think that different mindset was really was really important for me I think I found that quite a lot from my world from junior and senior competitions so yeah I think that was probably the main difference the year after then in 2016 you finished the sixth at the world indoor championships in the pentathlon but then you started focusing on on the high jump uh, was that uh, you you have competed a few times in the multi events in 2017 as well but after that it's only been high jump so how come you switch yeah. focus to to the high jump from the the multi events and yeah, yeah why did you why did you choose the high jump um well i've always loved the high jump i've always really enjoyed it uh, well especially from i've really enjoyed it from about 2013 onwards um and the main reason i chose it for for rio um was almost an accident actually so I was trying to qualify for the heptathlon. Um, but again, I had a few injury niggles and I think all I wanted to do was be at the Olympics and I'd already qualified for the high jump. So I just thought, right, rather than keep on going with the heptathlon, um, I'm just going to do the high jump and get to Rio. And then after that, I'm going to go back to the heptathlon again, which was why I tried it again in 2017. Um, but then we had a home world championships. And again, I qualified for the high jump and I thought, right, I want to be here at a home world championships in London, I'm just going to have to do high jump again. And then <laughs> I saw the 2018 with the thought of, right, I'm going to do Hatton again. And then it was, but then the Commonwealth Games in Australia are coming up very soon. So I think it was that cycle um, of thinking, right, I do absolutely love the Hatton, but if I'm being realistic and I want to be at championships, um, it's probably best to go for the high jump. So yeah, it was more more of an accident than... A specific decision to move to the high jump. Okay, so so now you're you're training fully towards the high jump. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm training fully towards high jump, especially with Tokyo coming up so soon. Um, yeah, all my all my efforts are on are on high jump. I mean, I still I still would love to go back to multi events. Maybe not not a full heptathlon. Um, I want to try some more events or just do like an indoor pentathlon. Um, I've always loved shuffle jump as well, so I really want to give give that more of, more of a go as well. Yeah, so we'll we'll see about the future. 
Yeah, exactly. We'll see. We'll just see where it goes after Tokyo. Yeah. Okay. Then, uh, what about Rio? Then you you made your first Olympic Games, and you also managed to to make it to the final. Tell us about your mm -hmm. experience from 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 the Olympic Games in Rio. Yeah, the, Olymp the Olympic Games was just amazing. It's, it's still mad to think that I'm an Olympic finalist, and yeah, it was it was just a crazy experience. Um, like the day we qualify, so obviously you qualify um, at your respective championships. So for us, the British Championships, um, you have to come. I think you have to come top two. I already got the qualifying height um, to automatically be selected. So yeah, I'd already jumped the qualifying height, and then. I won the British Championships as well. So like finishing that and thinking, right, I'm going to be on this plane to Rio. I don't think I'd really thought about it up until that point because I just didn't want to jinx it. So I just carried on competing, obviously aiming towards the Olympics, but not, not necessarily thinking I'd definitely be there. Um, so yeah, being able to be on the plane, we had our holding camp in a place called Belo Horizonte, which was a few hours flight from, from Rio. Um, And then yeah, it was it was a long time we were in the village until I actually competed because um, high jumps always on like the last couple of days. Um, so yeah, I had to wait so long, and it was so weird just being in a multi-sport environment because I'd never I'd never experienced that before. Obviously, not going to the Commonwealth Games in 2014. So yeah, that was amazing. I mean, the amount of athletes from all different sports I saw walking around the village, it was just insane like I had to really remind myself I had to focus on the competition I think especially because a lot of people were finishing before I'd even started so I think the swimmers all finished a week before we we had even started the athletics so yeah that that was a really strange moment but yeah I think going into the going into the qualifications um I just knew I wanted to be in the finals I think that was my my main thought was like right enjoy yourself but I knew how upsetting it was not to make the final the year before in Beijing at the World Championships. So I just didn't want to feel that feeling again. So making making the final was amazing. I had to jump a PB to get to it, an equal PB, 194. Um, yeah, actually making the final was one of the most amazing feelings ever that I've ever had in the sport. So yeah, that was that was a great day. Perfect. And how did you, I mean, Rio is a long way from, from England. so. How did you manage the differences in, in the time zones? Was it hard to, you know, did you get jet lagged or how did you manage to cope with, with the time zones? It wasn't too bad. I think it was actually a lot worse um, going to Japan the year before um, for our holding camp and then going into China. I think that was a lot worse, but um, no, the, our governing, well, the head of like, GB, um, Team GB, were really good in helping us with our like sleep routines and eating times and just adjusting to the time zone. So yeah, it wasn't too too different. I think the main differences were probably when we got to the competition. There was quite a lot of things which went wrong um, in terms of logistics wise, but no, it was it wasn't too bad. The heat again was was very different to England. Um, but again, you just kind of adjusted as the weeks went on. In 2014, you jumped 194 and you equaled that mark several times in 2015 and 2016. 
before yeah. breaking it in 2017 with a jump of 196. Was it tough to not break your PB in, in a couple of years, not not being able to, to develop and, and to, to get a new PB? Yeah, it was tough. I think I got to a point where I was just like, am I ever going to jump higher than 194 or is this it forever? Um, but yeah, it, it was quite tough. So I think the day I jumped 196 was just such a relief because I could think, Oh, finally, I've just got a new PBA. I haven't got 194 there anymore, which, yeah, it was, it was an amazing moment. I think, um, it was, yeah, it was tough to have the same PB every time. Obviously, I'm just grateful to be able to jump that high consistently. Um, and obviously, it's a good height and it got me to an Olympic final. Um, but I knew I was better than that. So although it's only two centimetres difference in a high jump, that is, that is so different. So... Yeah, no, that was that was a great moment, and it was at the British Championships in front of like a home crowd and all my friends and family. So that was a really a really good moment. Do you work with uh, with your mind and the the mental uh, the mindset as well? Hmm. Yeah, so I've started um, this. Year, well, I had previously um, from maybe like 2017 to 2019, and I've just got a new mental performance coach. Uh, so I'm kind of like a sports psychologist who I work with, uh, we just kind of have like chats um, quite frequently um, just to work on my mindset through competition, through training, uh, through like day-to-day -day life and stuff. So I find that really important um, and it's really helped me. So and I also study psychology, so I'm really interested in the mind and how it can help performance. So yeah, I think it's something that I'd naturally kind of had when I was younger, but didn't really know why I was doing certain things so yeah it's really it's really been helpful to have someone to talk talk through it with and did that help you through through your uh, years in 2015 and 2016 while you while you didn't broke your PB as well yeah so during that time I didn't actually have have anyone specifically um psychology and like mindset wise to talk to that kind of came after but I've always had my parents and obviously my dad being my coach. Um, he's always been some like talked about mindset with as well. So yeah, although I didn't have specifically someone, I always had people that I kind of chat to and understand like more about just working on the process rather than performance 24 seven. And just knowing that doing a lot of hard work, although you might not get results straight away. Um, if you keep putting in the work, it's, it's going to get there. Yeah. Okay. And uh, then in 2017, you had your uh, the World Championships on, on home turf at the Olympic Stadium in London. I guess that was the highlight of, of that year. And you made it to the final, finished uh, sixth uh, <laughs> on the same height as uh, the girl who was fourth. Tell us about how was it to compete at the World Championships in front of your, of your home crowd? Yeah, that was a huge, a huge moment um, of my career. And it was just amazing being at that stadium, the London Stadium. Obviously, I'd been there in 2012 just as a spectator, just watching, watching the Olympics. And I was thought, I, I really want to compete um, at this stadium. And the crowd we had for the high jump on the day of the high jump was a really big crowd as well. So that was, that was an amazing moment. Um, I think we had. Uh, Sally Pearson's final on that day 
um, we had the men's, definitely had the men's uh, 4x100 meter relay final. So it was a really big evening and it was just an amazing experience to one, have made it to the final. I think that was my first aim. I want to be at the world championship final um, in front of a home crowd with all my friends, again, with my friends and family there is, is really important. Just the people that support you so much behind the scenes, just being there with you, like gives you so much more more support um yeah whilst you're competing um yeah the whole the whole experience was was amazing just having um home crowd um yeah that was probably that was probably the main thing like a british crowd anywhere is is just so much fun you just feel so yeah it's it's such a great feeling basically um yeah the whole that whole experience was amazing it was really weird though because our holding camp for the world championships was in paris so we weren't really around London at that time I think more for obviously for the high profile athletes more just getting them away from the media um and it was quite nice just being away and then coming back into London and it feeling like a different place so yeah that, that was a great championship yeah and the year after it was time for another home championships the world indoors <laughs> in Birmingham yeah. well there you finished fourth only one missed attempt and you, oh, would have, no. <laughs> you would have had a medal so was it tough to be so close to the to get a medal yeah that that was so tough I mean even the fact that I was at the at that championships was a shock because my indoor season prior to that had been really bad I think I got an IWF invite to the championships um so I was definitely not expecting to get anywhere near a medal um But yeah, fourth was a horrible position. It was, it was just so annoying because the reason I'd come fourth was for a missed failure at, I think at 180 at the opening height. Um, and if I'd just got that on the first attempt, it would have been a, a joint bronze with Alessia Trost. So yeah, that was a really amazing and annoying moment. <laughs> um, yeah, fourth wasn't, wasn't a fun position to come. Um, yeah, again, just, just kind of spurred me on to try and, try and get a medal that year um, at the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, because you, you went to the Commonwealth Games after and you got your first senior medal, uh, finishing second. How <laughs> was it to, to get your first medal at a senior level? Yeah, it was really big, uh, really important moment for me because the Commonwealth Games is quite big in the UK in in England especially um I mean probably is all the home nations but I've always grown up with knowing that the Commonwealth Games is a really big event so that's always been one of my major goals in the sport is to well hopefully to become Commonwealth champion but definitely to get a Commonwealth medal so yeah I've gone in with the intent I really wanted to win I think that was my main thing I was like I really want to be Commonwealth champion this year um training had gone so much better than any other year um it was in australia in the holding camp i was jumping like training pbs and i thought this this could be it um but obviously i'm so happy with second but again i'm like oh, we're so close so close to the gold um but yeah no the whole the whole experience was absolutely amazing um i just loved it so much being out there in australia it was just such a different climate um to anywhere else i've been um the holding camp again was amazing which I feel like really I always really love our holding camps because 
um, you just get so much more out of it than you would at your home environment for training Um, because you're in that mindset where everyone's out there to compete everyone's out there to perform at a really high level Um, and obviously when you're in training you don't have that constantly surrounding you and it's just an amazing time to be able to like just be really professional 24 7 all you have to think about is training and (laughs) sleeping and eating that's all you need to focus on Um, so yeah that was that was a great experience and then the championships itself were was so fun. It was really weird as well because it was a straight final. Uh, there was no qualifying for it. So that, again, was just a whole new experience. Yeah, it's it's nice to get on, on camps because you you don't have to focus on, on anything else and you don't get distractions from, from your everyday life. So, yeah. um, Okay, then, during, during the summer of 2018, you added another centimeter to your personal best as you won the British Championships for the first time in a row. Uh, what do you think led up to your improvement in, in both 2017 and 2018 after being stuck at 194 for for a couple of years before? Hmm. Um, yeah, a lot of that, well, a lot of that is probably down to just um, obviously my coaching. So my coach, Fuzz, um, is my hydrant coach. And yeah, we just kind of worked on every single year just, uh, working on my run up and just mindset and just the belief that I can jump higher than 194 and not use seeing it as a barrier. Um, I guess the most, the biggest thing we work on is just trusting the process um, in my training and just knowing that the, the heights will come if I just completely trust myself and trust what I'm doing in training and the run up. So I think just working on my self belief a lot in training. And although I don't jump really high in training, I know. That when it gets for competition, I can just switch it on. So yeah, I think a lot of that has probably just been um, just trust, trust in what I'm doing and believing that I can do it. Yeah. So just continue training. Yeah. <laughs> okay. At uh, the 2018 European Championships, then you finished the seventh. Tell us about your experience of of the competition uh, in 2018, the European Championship. <sighs> 2018 was a frustrating championships uh again kind of like I think 2018 in terms of my potential and terms of how I was training how I was feeling should have been I should have jumped a lot higher that year I think looking back at it um in training I was jumping the highest I've probably ever jumped um off like a short approach and a long approach so yeah that was a frustrating a frustrating championships because I really thought that it was going to be, I was gone to the next level. I really thought, was really hoping to get a medal at championships and just kind of work off the back of getting a medal in Commonwealth Games. Um, and yeah, a lot of people I competed against as juniors were now starting to medal at the senior height. So I thought, right, this is this is my turn to step up as well. And it didn't really go that way. So yeah, that, that was a frustrating championships because I felt that I should have jumped a lot higher. Um, but I was happy with my performance in the qualifying. Um, yeah, again, I just feel like I need to sort of trust myself a little bit more and just not got so caught up in in thinking about the end result. I think I was in the championships. So I was just thinking, right, I need to medal um, rather than thinking like working on what I'm actually working on each height. That makes sense. Yeah, and how do you move on from disappointing moments like that? Uh, I mean, if 
can really stuck on your mind and and give you a, a, a low co- uh, confidence so how do you move on from from disappointing moments like that one yeah I think you have to just kind of I don't think you should just completely move on you should just I mean obviously you shouldn't <laughs> at, in the end but um I think initially you just got to think well why did this happen and what can I learn from that um it's probably all you can do because you just don't want to make the same mistake twice or three times so um yeah you just got to think why did that happen and how can I make sure that doesn't happen in the future okay and uh, 2019 wasn't the best year for you was it injuries that stopped you from from perform yeah 2019 was frustrating I started the year really well so I jumped 197 um my first indoor competition which was indoor PB because before that I think my indoor PB was 194 um so that was a that was a huge shock but I had done a really really hard block of winter training so although I was expecting to jump high that year I wasn't expecting to jump jump at my first competition um so yeah I was really happy with my indoor season um in terms of the heights there and then we went on warm weather training camp in April and that's where I got injured and then I couldn't really I couldn't train properly at all um for months and then I got to the time where I could probably start training properly but then that's when the big competitions were coming up so I was like right I want to be at these competitions um yeah I wanted to be at these competitions but also I knew that I had a I had a niggle and I had missed out on a lot of training um but yeah I, d- I did compete that season um and yeah it just wasn't just wasn't where I was I wanted to be I I was really fortunate in the fact that I became British champion jump 194 which was a huge moment for me because I didn't the week before I couldn't even clear 180 at a competition so in terms of like my personal development that year um it really showed showed some truths um in terms of like my mindset and how I plan out my training and um things like that but yeah in terms of overall <laughs> overall year it, it definitely had its lows as well okay so after 2019 2020 wasn't uh, isn't really what you wished for right now uh, but what about the future then i guess tokyo next next year is your is your next goal on on the target so but you're you're still very young and and hopefully have a, a lot of years ahead of you in in the sport so what do you wish to achieve in the future the first major goal is just making it get jumping the qualifying for tokyo and fingers crossed getting on the plane competing at the at the olympics at, the, at a second olympics would just be absolutely amazing so yeah everything at the moment is geared towards that um and then in the future i'd like to make another olympics after that um i guess like most athletes um you just gotta think as far as you can in the sport like i'd love to become olympic champion world champion commonwealth champion and just yeah just enjoy the sport and just reach reach as far as i can get really we're going to jump into another segment it's it's a little quiz i put together five questions about Uh, British athletics and especially the high jump then we'll see how you do okay okay the first one is who was the latest uh, British athlete to medal at the Olympic Games including both men and women 
Um, in the UK? Yeah. Is it Robbie Gravas? Yeah, it is. So he took bras <laughs> in, in 2012. No. Okay, so, so you got the first one right. And the second one, in 2014, you won two golds at the, the World Juniors. But how many medals did Great Britain took in total? Ooh, so, okay. Dina won the 100 meters. Um, Shona won a medal in the full way, no, in the 400 hurdles. We got, uh, David got a medal in the hurdles. That's definitely three. So including mine. Yeah, yeah, including yours. Five. The relay got, women's relay got one, say six. I'm going to say six. It is. Six okay, cool. <laughs> three, three golds, two silver and one bronze. Cool. <laughs> the third question then. No British women have ever jumped over two meters yet. Hopefully you can do it soon. But how many women has gone over the, the tw two meter barrier outdoors in the world? Ever? Yeah. I'm just going to say the first thing that comes to my head. Actually, no, it's not. The first thing came to my head is 10, and I know it's definitely over 10 people, so... Uh, I'm going to say 15. It's a lot more. It's 65. Yeah. 65. <laughs> okay, yeah, a lot more. And I guess in total, <laughs> if, if you count the indoors as well, I guess it's 73 or 74. Wow, okay. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and then the fourth question. Uh, one British woman is among the top 10 of all times uh, when it comes to jumping uh, as much over their own height as possible. Mm, Do you know okay. who that is? A British woman? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Jessica Ennis. It is. Okay. <laughs> she has jumped cool. 30 centimeters over her own height. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> okay, and, and the last question. One female high jumper has won the European Championships three times in a row. It's not a Briton, mm -hmm. but do you know who it is? Three times in a row. Is it Maria Lattaschini? No, it's not. She has... No, she only has one, I think. But it, it's oh. Ruth, Ruth Betia. Oh, okay. Spanish. Fair enough. 2012, Sounds like an option. <laughs> okay, so before we wrap it up, I also have some some questions from our followers. Okay, so cool. the first one is Sion Ateba. He wonders how do you balance training and school? I understand you study psychology as well, as you said. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it is just having a routine. So just making my studying part of my everyday life just knowing and then it becomes so easy because you're like right I have lectures at this time then I have training and then I have this period of time where I can do revisions and other studies so yeah just I think just making it part of your everyday and just just making it part of your routine as well yeah but you're not having like the whole athlete student system that they have in the US uh no I it's not as it's not as big as that in, in the UK, no. No, I don't think so. And then Josephine Reves wants to know your favorite post-training snacks. Post-training snack. 
Um, to be fair, it's anything with peanut butter in it. <laughs> so maybe like I can make a smoothie with like banana, peanut butter, oats, something like that, and, and almond milk. Yeah, anything with peanut butter, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And then Jan Sertik wants to know if you have felt any pressure from becoming a senior as you had had been so good as a junior to to you know the transition to be a senior I think yeah I did I did feel a lot of pressure I still feel a lot of pressure now but I think most of the pressure is what I put on myself um so yeah I'm trying at the moment just just not put so much pressure on myself and knowing that like if I just train hard anything's going to happen um so yeah I've definitely felt a lot of pressure but I'm just trying to not think about it as much anymore yeah and every every career has its own path so yeah. you never know when you're when you're gonna take the next step so yeah exactly okay and then Ava Jan X wants to know how you stay in love with athletics what keeps you motivated um I think the, the best I mean I've always I just have such big dreams in the sport which I haven't accomplished yet and I think that's probably what keeps me so motivated um and especially with athletics unlike so many other other sports um you have such you have every single year you've got a big goal so whether it be the olympics or world championships or commonwealth games or europeans you've always got something big to look forward to the next year that just keeps you motivated and and keeps you in love with the sport um i think also i probably kept in love with it because obviously doing heptathlon when i was younger there was just so many different different um events and you just if one wasn't going well you know you always had another and even now I'm like I'm loving high jump but I also know that at some point there's other events I want to go to and I think that keeps me keeps me in love for the sport as well yeah and especially for the European athletes we have the European championships as well the American athletes have a, a little off year once yeah. in, once in a day they have like They had like in 2018, they didn't had any real big championships. Yeah. So, so it's perfect for the European athletes. Yeah, we're, we're really lucky. Yeah. Okay, and the last question: If you could invite a guest to to this podcast, the Trackcast by Triple Jumpers, <laughs> who would you like to listen to? I I pr- I'd love to listen to Jackie John and Kersey. I haven't really heard much. Um, I haven't really like her many podcasts with her on it and I just love to love to hear how she became such an amazing um multi-eventer so yeah probably her sure okay uh thank you very much for joining the podcast it was it was an honor to have you on the show and I wish you the best of luck in the future thank you thanks bye it was very nice to talk to Morgan because She has so many experiences from every championship there is, but she's still very young and have a lot more years left in this sport. I also liked how she talked about her mindset and how she managed failures because it's a really important part of the training as well. I wish her the very best of luck in the future and first of all in in Tokyo next year, so I have my fingers crossed. And if you have any athlete, coach, or another person you want me to talk to, 
send a DM to Triple Yampers on Instagram or send an email to tripleyampers18 at gmail.com and I'll see what I can do to make them participate. Now I will be back soon with another episode. Until then, have a good time. Bye. Tremendous speed once again. And he's, oh my goodness, that is huge. It's a white flag for the Cuban. Fédit Tambo pour la postérité. Oh!